an A&E original podcast. When we look at hip-hop now, it really spans this period from Black Power all the way up through Black Lives Matter. Can you participate in hip-hop and still do social justice work? Yes. Yes, you can. Did I know it would help for social justice by lending my voice and other voices to these different causes through this music? I didn't know any of that. But guess what? It did, and it does. Born in the Bronx, raised in the streets from coast to coast and worldwide, these are the stories, the moments in time, the places and faces, the origins of hip-hop. Hosted by me, Grandmaster Kaz. From its early days in the Bronx, hip-hop has been shaped by a stark socioeconomic reality. And while much of the music expression in that early period was about cultural celebration, it was also about consciousness. And now some knowledge from Jeff Chang. Well, you know, hip-hop is just sort of part of this long continuity uh, going all the way back through history that is tied deeply into the Black freedom struggle, that is tied deeply into currents of Black freedom culture. So when you talk about hip-hop, I think it's really, you know, impossible to separate the, you know, the, the pieces of, of music and art uh, and movement that come out of it from the struggle for freedom, the Black struggle for freedom. For me, it's been the guy, the teacher, um, and it's shaped the entirety of, of the way that I've come to see the world. When we look at hip-hop now, it really spans this period from Black Power all the way up through Black Lives Matter. And there's no mistake about that. There's, there's, it's no coincidence. It's because the culture has been able to give voice to the voiceless and to be able to make possible the enactment, if you will, of this imagination for freedom and democracy that we still haven't uh, attained uh, in the U.S. or in the world. Even when hip-hop doesn't seem to have an explicit message about social justice, it will always represent what many believe to be a core tenet. Empowerment, economic empowerment, cultural empowerment, even political empowerment. When the country turned its back on the South Bronx in the 1970s, hip-hop was the response. It represented a path of financial independence, social mobility, and cultural influence that was not widely available through legal means. Now, of course, hip-hop is a global phenomenon. And yet, black communities across this country, and indeed the world, are still facing the same issues. Things change, and yet they stay the same. This is the nature of structural racism. So what does it all mean? How do we understand everything that brought us to this point in the national conversation? And where do we go from here? I am Dr. Ebony Atley, founder of the Social Justice Entrepreneurship Program at California State University, Long Beach. So when people ask me, like, what am I doing in terms of social justice and advocacy? I am trying to put money in the hands of people of color so they can buy themselves a little bit of freedom and time to make their dreams come true. 
And I've, I've done that in multiple ways. I've had a fund for entrepreneurs who were willing to incorporate domestic violence awareness um, and education into their business pursuits. Um, I founded the Social Justice Entrepreneurship Program at California State University, Long Beach, where we train entrepreneurs in 360 degree entrepreneurship. So we believe that if the entrepreneur is in a good space, then the entrepreneur's family and friends and community will be in a good space. Their clients, their customers, the members of their supply chain, the team members, the employees, everyone else will be in a good space. I think a lot of the times when we think about entrepreneurship, it's just a solo endeavor. But at SJE, entrepreneurship is a community endeavor. And so many people are talking about justice and nobody's doing it, right? Because justice is about a redistribution of wealth. And that phrase in and of itself scares a whole lot of people. Mm -mm, we can't talk about redistribution of wealth. Next thing you want to know is how we're going to do reparations. The next thing you want to know is how we're going to do equity. And that means I have to give something up so other people can have more. Yes, that's what all of that means. That's what justice entails. You can't talk about justice without talking about a redistribution of wealth. And you can't talk about justice and let your talk talking about radical honesty. Like we first have to be clear about what happened, why it happened, who was responsible, who was over-benefited, who was under-benefited, and quite frankly, who is still benefiting from the process. So in my SJE program, we talk a lot about business, but we also talk about alternatives to capitalism. Can we form cooperatives? What does economic democracy mean? How can we really work with people instead of creating for people? This seems to be a continuing theme culturally and um, historically. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I grew up during the 60s, during the Civil Rights Movement. I was eight years old when Dr. Martin Luther King got slain, and uh, my sister was the conscious one in our family. My sister one that gave me all the information about social justice, social injustice, and all that. So I pretty much had a leg up earlier. The conversation in hip-hop didn't shift to that because we were trying to escape the social ills and the social injustices that were going on. So our conversation was pretty much party, have a good time, I'm good, let's throw our hands in the air and wave them like we just don't care. There's so many things that's going on right now that we need to address as far as issues um, that have historically always been around but have been swept under the proverbial rug. It's time to pull that rug back and start dealing with some of these issues head on. Now, I know that some people will say that using bodies that used to be capital and giving them more capital is not the solution. 
but I don't believe we're going to burn this all down and start over. Like it's never been successful before. I don't think it's going to be successful in the future. What do you need to ensure your upward mobility? You need cash to do that. Hip hop taught me that when I was a kid, you might've heard me talk about that in previous episodes. Like the money, the financial, the economic freedom aspect of hip hop taught me that if I want to see something different for my community, then I need to see more dollars circulating in my community. The idea that so many of our hip hop heroes have actually put those dollars back into the community in different ways, ways that we've seen, ways that we haven't seen. I'm out in LA, like it is not lost on me what Nipsey Hussle was doing in LA before his untimely demise. Like to me, that's what hip hop is supposed to look like. So I'm putting my emphasis on capital, getting as much as I can so that I can give it away so that we can have hip hop as a form of economic salvation. If we still want to talk about spiritual things, like I respect the way hip hop has gotten money to give it away. And I think that that is going to be part of the solution for the future. There are some people who say, particularly the generation prior to mine of the civil rights generation that says hip hop is so materialistic. It's so capitalistic. It's anti-people and pro-money. But here's the thing, and this is unpopular, but I'm also known as Dr. Dreamkiller. So here we go. The civil rights movement was about getting what white people had. It was about spending our money in their restaurants and sending our kids to their schools, like going to their opera houses. So the biggest failure of the civil rights movement is when the black community shifted and splintered and left the black community to chase what white folks were getting. So you can't tell me from the civil rights generation that materialism wasn't important because white folks realized that the black dollar was just as green as the white dollar and they were like, yeah, we'll take your money. And they still been doing that to that day, but the mindsets didn't change. Otherwise we still wouldn't be hunted by the police and oppressed by all of these like governmental structures. So don't talk to me about how money is not the means to a little bit of economic freedom. I understand the constraints that we're working under, but we're doing the best that we can in a really restrictive situation here. So yes, I'm taking a page out of hip hop's book, but I'm also taking a page out of the civil rights movement's book, even though it's not the most popular page. But this idea that if we want to be free, that we've got to chase money, that is not a new phenomenon under any sets of circumstances. So, so yes, Focusing on business, whether it's capitalism or whether it's cooperatives, in my mind is a potential strong means to an end for the black community because I saw it work with hip hop in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, and I believe that it can continue to do so. Gender dynamics. Social justice is not restricted to racial dynamics. Gender has its own place in the discussion, and this subject is particularly complex when viewed through the lens of hip-hop. There's a lot of exploitation that happens in hip-hop, so we're clear. I mean, we haven't touched on gender at all. Like, we, we haven't touched on any of those power structures. Does that exist? Yes, yes, it does exist. And for me, that compromises hip-hop's ability to be a form of social justice writ large. But can you participate in hip-hop and still do social justice work? Yes, yes you can, right? And so maybe you use some of the skills that you use from your hip hop enterprise to do that. And maybe you use an additional set of skills that nobody knew you had to do that. So I think Cardi B is a good example of that in some ways. Like she is overly sexualized in the space of hip hop, but she uses that over sexualization to support women who are escaping domestic violence, like women who need to learn to embrace 
their sexuality. Women who want representation after OnlyFans became really restrictive. So I respect what she's doing. Like, can she do that just as a rapper? No, but she can take her representation and her experiences and use it outside of the hip hop space to do social justice work for women of color. So if social justice requires radical truth telling, then we have to tell the story about gender exclusion and exploitation in hip hop too. There are so many women that were around from the beginning that just got written out of history as if they'd never existed, right? So whether these women were MCs, whether these women were writers, whether they were producers, whether they were mamas, girlfriends, sisters of the male faces that we saw, they were always there, but we don't know their names because they were written out of history. So there needs to be a recollection project that comes around to bring those women's names to the fore. But then also our early women MCs, some of the youth don't even know who they are today. Right. So if they haven't been on some like comeback tour, <laughs> right. So it's important that we continue to tell those stories so that we remember who these women are and what they did, whether it was made visible at the time or not. But then it's also important in the radical truth telling to talk about the gender exploitation, the women who were emotionally harmed, who were physically harmed, who were directly excluded. And we act like well, let's not say we here. What's the best way to say that? Listen, Me Too happened in hip hop as well. Just because the stories aren't as prominent because there are lots of levels of gender and race, like complexities involved in the exploitation, doesn't mean it didn't happen, right? It doesn't mean it isn't still happening. And so if we're going to do the radical truth telling, we have to talk about that, right? We have to talk about those experiences. And to do radical truth telling about gender, we have to talk about how so many of the men in hip hop culture have been exploited, oppressed, and sexually victimized by women. So that's also some of the research that I do. So we can't do social justice in hip hop until we start telling those stories, like the whole story. Chimamanda Adichie says the problem with stereotypes is not that they're untrue, they just make part of the story the whole story. So we have so many gender stereotypes in hip hop that are just part of the story and not the whole story. So say what you want about Lil Nas X, but he is giving us components to new stories when it comes to gender identity. Because if we want to talk about individuals of different sexual orientations, if we want to talk about trans individuals in hip hop, they didn't just get there yesterday. <laughs> just because we started to create a little bit of space to talk about different representations of gender or the gender spectrum or being gender non-conforming in hip hop doesn't mean that didn't exist 20, 30, 40 years ago. We just weren't talking about it then. So that radical truth telling has to include genders as well and who we left out and why and what we're going to do to make space for everyone to come back. We got some game for my girl, Sharrock. I respect all the female MCs, you know, that's out there, you know, as, as a woman, you know, coming up in the game. And my thing is that whether or not you choose to uh, like or dislike their music, I think that as um, far as uh, female MCs, we had an all-time high, you know, because when I was coming in the up in the game, there was a few, you know, um, female MCs that, that came out. But and then there was for a couple of years that you may only had like one or two female MCs that got heard on the radio. And so now it's a plethora of female MCs, you know, that's out there doing what 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 they like and, 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 and celebrating their craft. And I think that, you know, as artists, they have a right, you know, to um, speak on and talk about whatever they want to talk about. Now, as consumers, 
we have the choice to say, well, I don't want to listen to that. Or I I, I do want to listen to it. But at the same time, it is out of respect to all the females that's out there. They allow to um, celebrate their craft in the way that they want to celebrate their craft. So I shout out to I shout out all the females that's out there that's doing their thing. Um, I think that um, we have a. we have so many different levels of, of uh, you know, MCs and rappers that we can listen to. But at the same time, I think that it should be a even board, you know, a, a balance. So shout out to all the female MCs and rappers that's out there doing their thing. There's so few female MCs that are household names out there right now, yet there are a million female MCs out there. The question is... Who is letting the door? And how can we use this moment right now to push things in the right direction for equity and balance? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Voices. The media and basically everyone else outside of the music itself seems to have a strong opinion about what is good hip-hop and what is bad hip-hop. This is largely based on a surface-level reading of lyrical content. It ignores the agency of the artist and undermines the inherent power and authenticity of their voice because everyone wants to control the narrative. But maybe... We should just listen. I hate the phrase voice for the voiceless. Everybody has a voice. Learn to listen. And that's what we do in social justice entrepreneurship when we take care of ourselves. Because a lot of times, entrepreneurs don't even listen to themselves. They're so busy grinding and hustling that they're not paying attention to their body when it says stop. Or they're not paying attention to their conscience when it says this is not what we should be doing for ourselves. So we encourage all of that listening. We listen to music. We have a playlist that's all hip hop for SJE. There was a time when hip-hop was rebelling against the status quo in its existence. So hip-hop is social justice in its own organic form. It was a form of resistance. Um, Hip-hop is the bastard child of disco, the movement that was going on when we were kids. Um, In order for us to be down with the disco movement, we had to be able to get into a disco. (laughs) And if you were able to get in one, You had to adhere to the rules of disco, the dress code, you know, the dance and all that. So um, hip hop was a rebellion against us having to do that. We created our own disco without the rules. 
Every element in hip hop is a form of resistance. Graffiti is a form of rebellion against society. It's, it's a way to express yourselves against the ills of society, all right? In spray paint form. Um, DJing is a form of resistance. Prior to hip hop DJs, nobody ever scratched the record. You got your ass whooped if you touched the needle on your parents' turntable. So we was like, uh-uh, we hear, we hear the uh, disco DJs playing music, but guess what? We gonna play it like this. And that's resistance, okay? The MCs who were inspired by the uh, poets before them and some of the disco DJs who had uh, some call and response and a little rap going on with their thing. We resisted against that and we changed the status quo. We changed the narrative. So hip hop is about resistance in every form. I found my passion for hip hop really as a kid growing up in the the far west. I was I was born and raised on a little island called Oahu in a town called Honolulu, um, on a little rock in the middle of the Pacific. And to me, New York City was the far east. You know, it was uh, <laughs> for for me growing up a kid of Chinese and Native Hawaiian descent. It was like the furthest thing from my reality. But um, as a kid coming up during that particular period, it just hit me sideways and made me, um, it really opened up my, my eyes to what, what was happening in the world, um, but also gave us something to try to, you know, to try to aspire to, right? Like all those kids on this little island, uh, all trying to be like B-boys and B-girls and graffiti artists and DJs and MCs. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, it, it was, uh, it was a powerful thing for, for us to hear Kaz's rhymes, right? And Rapper's Delight, uh, on this little rock and be like reciting it in the, in the hallways, uh, in class when the teacher, you know, was, was not paying attention to each other, you know, writing it down, right? So we could have Kaz's words in our notebooks. Like that was everything for, for us as kids. Um, so that's that's my coming to hip hop story. Can't stop, won't stop, rocking to the rhythm, cousin. Get down, cousin. There will never be a consensus on the definition of social justice, particularly in the context of hip hop, because they are both constantly changing and evolving. There's no finish line. The struggle will continue. The underlying issues will never be completely fixed or eradicated. But the conversation is vital. A conversation about the past, present, and future of equity, equality, and opportunity in America. Is hip-hop social justice in and of itself? No. Because it's participating in all these other limiting structures. And if my criteria of radical honesty and the redistribution of wealth are part and parcel for social justice, then that is not in hip-hop as it stands. Now, can you be part of the hip-hop community, the hip-hop experience, the hip-hop profit-making enterprise and do social justice work? Absolutely. I mean, hip-hop just provides a, a space for us to be able to, to do what Robin D.G. Kelly calls freedom dreaming and uh, helps us to be able to, to think about what things uh, could be possible if we were able to try to attain true freedom for all people, true democracy for all. You know, hip-hop imagined a black president 
decades before Barack Obama was elected. Um, you know, hip hop is now imagining a world where black lives really do matter. And, you know, and, and I think that that's indicative of, of, you know, what hip hop has always done. It's always pushed us to try to reach our highest aspirations and, and dreams of what we can be together. Was it Ice Cube that was getting flack back in the day for doing the promotions for the OE for the 40 ounces? And I think it was Ice Cube that said, yeah, but I'm going to get this money so that I can give it back to my community. So sure, is it problematic that you're peddling a thing that can be detrimental to your community? Yes, but it, if for you, if it's clearly a means to an end to support your community, I feel like I'm not in a position to knock that. I'm asked all the time that I know that hip-hop would grow to these proportions. Of course I didn't. If I knew, I'd had some stake in it. I did know that it would empower me as a person. I did know that everybody that got connected to it would dig it and like it. And I did know that um, it was powerful. I did know that. Um, did I know it would be a voice for, for not only myself, but for my people? Did I know it would be a voice for change? Did I know it would help um, for social justice um, by lending my voice and other voices to these different causes through this music? I didn't know any of that. But guess what? It did, and it does. A great man once said, there's no justice, there's just us. It is just us when it comes to certain things that require attention, require conversation, require change because everybody's not affected by the same things that we are. The conversation in hip-hop should definitely be directed toward change, social change, um, equity, justice. I mean, all these things, because we have a platform that's much too important to waste on just partying. We got to give some messages forth to our people. Let's use it in a positive way moving forward, socially, economically, through hip-hop. This is the origins of hip-hop, and we're out. Looking for more Origins of Hip-Hop content? Check out the Origins of Hip-Hop television show. New episodes air Tuesdays at 10, 9 central, only on A&E. Watch live, stream, or on demand. And don't miss the exclusive after show, Origins of Hip-Hop Extended Play, hosted by me, Kaz, and the legendary Shah Rock. Premiering on video on demand after every new episode of Origins of Hip Hop on AE. This episode is hosted by yours truly, Grandmaster Kaz. Produced and edited by Bennett Barbaco and Rob Amjarv. Written and produced by Clay Seneschal. Our associate producer is the lovely Emma Damakosh. And executive produced by Bennett Barbaco and Larry Adam. And for A&E, this episode was also produced by Aisha Jordan. Our supervising producer is McKamey Lynn. And executive producer is Jesse Katz. Mm -hmm.